Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. So for those of you that are new or haven't been with us in a while, um, the reason that we are outside is because we are, we are changing some of the things that we're doing in ministry. And uh, one, of the, one of those things, we're going to be out into our community more and more, um, getting out into local parks and, and local rec centers and just getting it out there so that people can see. Even here, people can drive by or they're, they're going for a jog or walking the dog and, and watch their lives get changed as they get to hear the message of the gospel. Amen. And uh, ever since I told some pastor friends of mine that we were doing this, um, a, lot of the, a lot of what people said over and over again is, wow, that's bold. Somebody say bold. That's bold. And so I decided to make a series out of it. I love when, when people start saying something about you, you just make a, make, start preaching about it. Okay, well, we'll wear that. Amen. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Did anybody enjoy last week's message? You know, I was jumping around a little bit more and getting a little bit more excited. Maybe I got too excited. Who knows? Um, but uh, my, my knee decided to swell up on me. And uh, I decided to go full 1990s Calvary Chapel and wear some shorts and flip-flops to church. Amen. Come on. And uh, so we're having a good old time. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to have some fun today. Are you ready? Last week we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and how that drives our boldness to sharing the gospel. And today's message is a continuation of that. And it's titled, Seen and Heard. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, Seen and Heard. Seen and heard. If you'd like, you can follow along in the Version Bible app. I put all my notes in there for you. Or in the Living Stones app, I created even a shortcut. Who likes shortcuts? Come on, I know a lot of us like shortcuts. You know, I, I, I always liked having the notes of the person next to me in high school. Amen. It was just an anointing that would fall over me. I'd have all the answers right there. So I like to give that to everybody else. I put all the notes in there for you. Make it easy. But we're going to read the... Uh, from verse 13 to verse 31. So we're, we're getting some more scripture in, in us today. Are you ready? Good. Let's start in verse 13. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness. Somebody say boldness. Boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Verse 14. But since they could see... I'm sorry... Since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. If you remember from last week, how, how we got to this point is, is that uh, the apostles are out healing people. They, they've experienced the Holy Spirit. He's come upon them, and they're out praying for and healing people. And, and a man got healed, and now, now the religious leaders didn't know what to do with them, right? So they're trying to figure out, like, what is going on here? So verse 16, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Come on, somebody. Verse 18, so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, I love this one right here. Somebody say, but. Oh, I love when there's a but in the middle of this scriptures. Here we go. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Verse 20, 
We cannot stop telling, uh, telling about everything we have seen and heard. Come on, somebody say seen and heard. These guys are like, you can't tell us to stop. We've seen it. We know it. It's real. It's the real deal, and we're going to start telling everybody about it. Verse 21, the council then threatened them further. Gosh, you've got to love church members who, when they get out of order, they just start threatening and doing all these things when God tells them to do crazy stuff. But they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Oh, you've got to love it. For everyone was praising God for the miraculous sign the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Verse 24, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings and the earth prepared for battle, and the rulers gathered together against the Lord. Come on. And against his Messiah. Verse 27. In fact, come on, somebody say, in fact, this has happened here in our very city. For Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel we're all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness. Somebody say boldness. Great boldness in preaching your word. Verse 30. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting, sh the meeting place shook. Somebody say shook. The meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Boldness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment, into, these, into this time as we discuss your holy scriptures. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to come in and rearrange things, rearrange our thought processes, rearrange our faith and fear quantities. Father, rearrange us. Rearrange us to be in accordance with heaven. Let your will be done on earth through our lives as it is done in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, for our, my note takers out there, if you're, anybody taking notes today, writing down your notes, the first point today is my testimony makes me bold. My testimony makes me bold. You know, theological I, I, ideologies, that's a hard word to say, theological ideologies, put those two words together, it's even harder to say. Theological ideologies have been argued for centuries. We've had so many hundreds of years of of biblical interpretations have been fought over. If you, if you go from one church to another, even today, you're, one, one is going to preach a certain way and another is going to preach a different way. And it's all over God's Word, right? Differences in viewpoints have caused wars and disagreements among friends and family. Even so much so, we, we say that we don't talk about religion and politics when we are around families. Anybody have that kind of same saying? Hey, 
We don't talk religion in politics. Why? Because it creates arguments. It creates, it creates uh, disagreements. But you want to know one thing that no one can argue? Your testimony. Your testimony. You can argue about uh, the Beatitudes. You can argue about timelines. You can argue about all these. Th- you can sit and tear this book apart and argue about it. But can I be honest with you? No one can argue with you about your testimony and what you've experienced in God. When you've experienced Him and you know Him, when He's healed you physically, emotionally, He's been there for you, He's done something in your life, you were once one way, but now you're a completely different way, and the thing that was in the middle, come on, for, for my chosen people, right? we got some people that love the chosen, was Him, was Jesus. There was something in the middle that changed me. Right? You look at the old past person, right? You go talk to your old friends and they remember you a certain way. And you talk to your friends today and they see you a different way. Is anybody with me? And it all because of Jesus. Jesus did something. And your testimony, somebody say testimony. Testimony is such a funny word. I'm surprised we still use it today in, in our Christianese testimony, right? It's like you're on trial, right? You go into trial, I'm going to give my testimony. It's funny how we talk about that, but another word for testimony is your story. No one can argue with your story. When God worked in your life, you know, I had a friend of mine a few years back. He was afraid to talk to people about Jesus. He was afraid, and maybe, maybe you'll relate to this, maybe you won't, but I know I related to this, but he would say, you know, I was afraid that somebody would bring up a scripture that I didn't know. They would say something. They would, they would say, well, yeah, well, what do you think about post-trib and pre-trib and all these things? What do you think about that? What about revelations? What does it really mean, right? And you start diving. And he was afraid that someone was going to get into a theological argument with him and that he wouldn't be able to share Jesus. He just looked like he didn't know what he was talking about. Does anybody ever feel that way? I know I, know I have felt that way. But can I tell you something? When I, when I sat with him, I said, hey, listen, just tell them your story. Just tell them your testimony. They can't argue with that. When you got healed, and for this, for this young man, he, he had suffered from epilepsy. And, and we prayed over him, and he had a miraculous healing, and his epilepsy was gone. And so when he got to share with people, I said, don't, you, you can sit and take them through the Romans road and, and, and share with them what, what the road to salvation looks like. But can I be honest with you? Share with them what God did for you. Share with them what God did for you and and see what that does. When you say, hey, I used to be on drugs. I used to be out doing, I used to be out partying. Oh my goodness, I don't remember Fridays and Saturdays anymore. They were just so crazy. This is who I used to be. And then I went to church and God changed my life from the inside out. I didn't feel like I needed a substance just to get me through the week anymore. All of a sudden, my, my epilepsy that left me in a place where, where I was broken and, and de- deranged and, and all over the place, I, all of a sudden I had purpose in my life. I started, I started playing guitar. Everyone told me it was too late to learn to play guitar. But I started playing guitar so that I could worship God. Here we are years later. I'm a worship leader. I've been on three different church worship teams, right? This is, this is my friend's testimony, and a couple of you know who that is as I, as I share that story. But this is his story, and this was his story. And when I look at it, what, what is my story? Can anyone argue what he went through, what he experienced in God? Was there any theological dispute 
we could have about his experience with God? The answer is no. And the same is for each and every one of us. What has God done for you? Yes, you can memorize Scripture, and I I highly suggest it. Because when you memorize Scripture, a lot of times when you're going through something in life, God will remind you through the Scriptures who He is, who He says that you are, and how to get through it. Amen? And so there's something powerful about knowing His Word. I'm not saying don't know His Word, but what I am saying is that your boldness and your faith comes from your story. Amen? Your experience with God. Let's continue a little bit here. In Revelations uh, chapter 12, verse 11, and I'm just going to read the first part of it. It says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Their testimony. You know, I, I, I think about that scripture, and it's talking about the deceiver. It's talking about the accuser coming after you. If you go and read that chapter in Revelations, talking about the accuser that comes after you. And it didn't say that, that by memorizing Scripture and reciting it from front to back, right? Even if we don't even know what front to back is in the Bible, if you, if you understand the history of the books and how they were put together, then it's not in chronological order. Did you know that? We think like, oh yeah, well I started in the beginning. And it said, in the beginning, and these are all the things. So then, then it said, begot like a thousand times. And I didn't know what that meant. Is anybody with me? Everybody, anybody tried to read from the beginning to the end? But what, what the devil can't mess with you with is the blood of the Lamb, Jesus' sacrificial blood. He can't mess with that, and he can't mess with your testimony. He, he can try to skew Scripture. He did it to Jesus, Right? He skewed scripture with Jesus and said, you know, you, you can turn this rock into bread and, and if, you'll just, if you'll just bow to me, I'll give you all the, all the things of this world. God gave me the world, I'll, I'll give it to you if you'll just bow to me. Like he, he messes with scripture with people all the time. Can I tell you that you've probably heard a pastor and maybe even the one standing in front of you who has, who has misquoted scripture. They've, they've misquoted it or some of them have even manipulated scripture. To make a point that shouldn't be there. Are you with me? So the devil knows scripture. He's not, he's not an idiot. He knows how to recite it back to you to help it make sense to you. To say, hey, this is what you should do and this is why it's justified in scripture. Oh my goodness, that word justified. <laughs> how many of us justify ourselves instead of just living in the justification of Jesus? It's the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, when, when the enemy comes and tries to mess with your mind with Scripture, you can come back and say, no, I know what God did in my life. Let me tell you who He is. Let me tell you what He's done for me. Amen? Come on. And, and God can do so much through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Here's point number two for my note takers. My boldness is because, I, because of what I have seen and heard. My boldness is because of what I have seen and heard. I want to go back to verse 19. It says, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Verse 20, we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. It's time to get a testimony. You know, this, this week we had a training night with our, with our small groups. And this is the second one we've done. We, we had a good time with, with the very first one. We, we went together and, and we said, hey, imagine taking church out into local places, into local parks. And I want you to imagine every obstacle that we might go through. And think about how to, how to overcome. 
you know, for, for those of you out there, I, I'm a Marine. I'm a Marine. Do I have some service members out there? Yeah, we got a few of them. I, I had the pleasure of being, being an active duty in our United States Marine Corps, and I absolutely am grateful for every moment I had there. And I want to tell you, as a Marine, we learned mission accomplishment. And I'll tell you, I watched so many pastors fail over the last few years, giving up, throwing in the towel, saying, I don't know if I can do ministry anymore. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And i got to be honest with you, I, I would always ask God, why did you pick me? And I don't know if it's the, the stubbornness of being a Marine, right? When somebody says you can't do something, they say, hold, hold my glass of Kool-Aid and watch this, if you know what I'm talking about. There was just something in me that said, hey, if, I, if, if anybody else can do it, so can I. There's something that says, like, if, if they can make it through, so can I. And you know what? When, when churches were failing all around us, we just reinvented ourselves. We just said, hey, we're going to go reach people a different way. Right? We're going to go try something different. And you know what? That's what we're doing right now. Trying something different. My boldness is because of what I've seen and heard. I've seen God move. I've seen people's lives get changed. I've, I've heard the voice of the Lord. I've heard God say, pray for them and I'll heal them. And then I pray and see it happen. You see, listen, when, when you experience God for yourself, oh, we can argue about theological constructs. We can argue about how the Bible was interpreted. We, especially, oh my goodness, some people would get pretty upset that I, I teach from the New Living Translation. Oh, NLT? Ooh. You're not teaching from the King James? Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. How do you know that it's translated the right way? You know what? A lot of the times I steer clear of certain translations because I, I know that they, they skip verses. Some verses aren't in there, right? They, there's certain things in there. Some of you, you wouldn't know the difference if I preached that or not. But in the, in the lar- larger scheme of things, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you, you know and stand on the Word of God. Amen? We know and stand on the Word of God. But more than knowing and standing on the Word of God is knowing God for yourself having a relationship with Him yourself. Can I tell you that when you know somebody, a lot of the times what you'll find as you become acquainted with them is that as you read the Scripture, you'll just see that you're correct, that you know the right person. Are you with me? It's, it's like when you know somebody for real, but then you go and read their letters that they've written to people, you're like, oh yeah, that sounds just like my friend. It sounds just like the person that I know. Oh, he totally would have said that. She totally would have expressed herself that way. You see, as you get to know God and you read the Scriptures, they come alive. Because now you're, you're reading the Word of God. You know Him. Oh, I know Him. And because of the way that I can see Him in the Word. Does that make sense? Let's go to verse 31. Oh, sorry. You know what? My ADD is getting the best of me. S- surprise, surprise. I, I didn't finish what I was saying with our, with our um, uh, small groups. So this, this last week, we talked about evangelism. Thank you. Does anybody know what the word evangelism means? What does it mean? To go out and preach? That's a, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. Evangelism means sharer of the good news. Sharer of the gospel. That's all it means. I, I appreciate the people that were in that class didn't, didn't, didn't ruin it for everybody else. But that's all it means. But what evangelism, evangelism has become in our world today is this fearful gift. 
Like, oh, I hope I don't have the gift of evangelism. Is that JP? I hope I don't have the gift of evangelism because I don't want to be that used car salesman that goes and tries to sell Jesus. Are you with me? And that's what ends up happening. So we talked about what is, what is evangelism. It's, it's sharing your story, sharing your testimony, sharing the love of God with people. Amen? That's all it is. That's, that's what, how easy is it to tell your, nobody knows your story like you know your story. I mean, how much simpler can it be as we share the gospel, as we share the good news? You know, I think, I think sometimes we take too much credit. We think that it's all up to us, like that we, we, we're, we're some sort of big deal. <laughs> like, like that I have to know all the scriptures before I tell somebody about Jesus, just in case they come at me with some sort of scriptural thing that I have to combat. I don't know if you've ever heard this story before, but there's this story about an elephant and a mouse. And the elephant and the mouse, the, elef- the, the mouse is sitting on the shoulder of the elephant, and they're walking across this drawbridge. Can you, can you picture the kind of drawbridge? And, and as they're walking across it, it just kind of sways and shaking, and it's moving, right? It's kind of, anybody ever had, been on like a drawbridge before? It's kind of scary, right? It's a little bit nerve-wracking. And as they go from one side to the other and they get to the other side, the mouse whispers to the, to the elephant and says, man, we sure shook that bridge, didn't we? <laughs> this is like our, our part in, in evangelism, our part in sharing the gospel. We, we, we think that we're some sort of big deal because we, 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 we did our devotional this morning and got to share it with somebody while we were out and about. But can I tell you, that the Holy Spirit was guiding the thing the whole way. The, any, the only reason anything shook was because the Holy Spirit prepared the way. Are you with me? Like, we are just the mouse sitting on the shoulder of God who is moving in and through our city. Oh my goodness. Yes, we're going to shake some things, but we had very little to do with the shaking. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Here's my third point for my note takers. Me and the Holy Spirit are the majority. Me and the Holy Spirit are the majority. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life to guide you, all of a sudden those bridges aren't so scary. He's going to do all the shaking. If we read that scripture in verse 31, I'm going to go back to it real quick. It said, after this prayer, the meeting place shook do you think it's because of the people who were praying no no it's because god was there are you with me i i I will gladly pray for anybody but can i tell you it's not my special way of praying that that heals anybody it's not my special way of praying that brings you comfort can i tell you that it's the holy spirit it's god it's god shaking things up in your life After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, somebody say then. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Listen, all of us are just mice. I want to get up so bad and walk around and and shout and look look you in the eyes, but I can't move. So I'm just going to have to do my best from this stool today. What needs some shaking in your life? What needs to be shook up? Holy Spirit-driven boldness will shake up a community. Holy Spirit-driven boldness will shake. You can clap for that. 
Come on. You can get excited about that. Holy Spirit-driven boldness will shake up a community. When, when you walk in the Spirit of the Lord and He says, go pray for that person. They need to know that I love them. And most of us would go, is that really the voice of God? Or am I just going crazy? Because what if they think I'm a weirdo? And what if this doesn't go well? And what if they don't believe in God? Holy Spirit-driven boldness will shake up a community. You know, when somebody's bold and they don't have the Holy Spirit, you recognize it real quick, don't you? Oh, they have something to say, but you can tell, like, nope, that had nothing to do with anything. I'm not sure why you're so excited. But uh, that, that didn't vibe with me at all. That didn't really make sense to me. But Holy Spirit-driven boldness. Oh, my goodness. I remember when, when I first started praying for people and seeing miraculous healings. I thought, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? What if, what if they think I'm nuts? And then, I, and then I took a little step, little step of faith. Hey, this is what I thought I heard the Lord say. I, this is how, how good my faith is, you guys. I was like, but if, if I'm wrong, I might, I might be wrong. Like, I just wanted you to know, like, uh, I, I, this is what I think I heard God say, but I, it just might be some craziness going on in my head. But let's pray as if maybe God said this. Like, does anybody have faith like that? Come on, somebody. Like, you can start wherever. Can I tell you, I still have times where I'm like, oh, I hope I heard that right. I hope I heard that right. Because when God speaks, He's speaking, and He's showing little by little. Holy Spirit-driven boldness will bring healing to the spirit of a region. It'll bring healing. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of the, the politics and things we're dealing with today, it creates so much division, doesn't it? We're watching division happen all over the place. You're either on this side or you're on that side. You either think like this or you think like this. If you think like that, you're wrong. If you think like me over here, then you're right. Does that sound like it, familiar to anybody? And there's so much division. Can I tell you that Holy Spirit-led boldness will create unity? Somebody say unity. It'll create unity. You know, unity is one of the primary words in community. It's amazing that we have a community that is so divided. Come on, are you with me? It's so divided. The Christian community is one of the most divided communities. I wish it weren't true, but when somebody goes out to do something amazing for Jesus, it's like this whole community of people trying to pull them back. It's crazy. It's, it's kind of like this analogy of, of crabs. Have you ever, you ever had, had, anybody ever go crab fishing before? No? Nobody out there? Let, let me just, oh, you've gone crab, crab fishing before? You, you put the little, little crate out there, and you, they, they, they come into the crate, they get all the stuff, and they get stuck in there, right? And then, then you take them out, and you put them in a bucket. You know what's crazy is you don't have to put a lid on a crab bucket because as one crab starts to try to come out, the other crabs will pull it down. So you don't have to put a lid in there. You know what's crazy is there is no lid on your faith. But yet when you step out in faith, there's somebody else there to pull you down to say, no, did you really hear God? I I wouldn't get my hopes up if I were you. What if it doesn't happen? Can I tell you something? Like, there, there, there is no lid on your faith. But as we seek the kingdom of God, as we seek first Him and His righteousness, we'll see the fullness of what God wants to do in and through our lives. Amen? By, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, when you, when you get to know your own story, are you with me? When you, when you get to know your own story well enough that you can tell it, like if you were sitting in an elevator, just for a few minutes. Here we go. I've got two floors to tell you my story. 
Get good at telling your story of what God did for you and in your life. When somebody says, oh, I don't believe in church, I don't believe in God, uh, you can say, you know what, I know how that feels. I felt the same way. Let me tell you what God did for me. That's all you have to do. You don't have to pull open the scripture. You don't, you don't have to pull out your sword and, and get ready to unsheath it so that you can be like, actually, I keep this on me at all times just in case a moron like you talks. It's amazing how so many of us, we don't like what we, the cliche evangelist, but yet the only way we know how to be one is to be that, is to go smack somebody around with this thing as if it's going to help them. Are you with me? Knowing the scripture and knowing, the, knowing God's character and knowing your story is how you will evangelize. Are you with me? Because if you know the scriptures, then it's not, it's not a battle of intelligence. I think a lot of times we make it a battle of intelligence. Let me tell you how much I know. Do you know that nobody cares how much you know? They don't care. Oh, yeah, so you're a genius in something that I don't care about. Awesome. Good for you. You wasted your whole life and your whole time. Are you with me? That's how they'll think. But when you start to tell them what you've been through, when you start to tell them what God has done for you and the challenges you've been through, and they go, wait a minute, I'm going through that challenge right now. How did you know? Oh, I didn't. But the Holy Spirit guides me, and I let Him guide me. And I let God use me to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? I don't have it all together. I know you don't either. But you know what? As we seek God together, we can see the fullness of what He wants to do. Amen? What are your experiences with Him? Do you not have a journey yet? Maybe you haven't started that journey with Jesus yet. Maybe all of this is foreign to you. A testimony, a story with God, what does that mean? As you start to seek Him for yourself, listen, I'm grateful that you're here today. I'm grateful you're watching online. I didn't say hello to my online people today. Hello to you. I apologize, whichever camera you're watching from right now. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're getting some scripture in you today. But it's going to be so much more if you apply it to your life. If you start living out the scripture for yourself. If you start experiencing God. And how do you do that? Well, you open up your Bible yourself and you ask God to speak to you. Ask Him to show you things. We had a great time with our, our small group showing them how you can hear the Word of God through His Word. And now this might sound juvenile to some of you uh, Bible scholars out there. But when I was a kid, when I wanted to hear from God, I would, do, I would go to a local park somewhere and sit under a tree with my Bible. I had a much smaller Bible than this. One that would fit in my pocket. It's probably about the size of my, my cell phone, maybe a little thicker. But I'd take my Bible out and I'd say, God, speak to me. I give you permission. And then I'd open the Word and I'd start reading just to see what He said. Well, we did this exercise as a, as a church, as a, as a small group. There's probably 15 of us, 20 of us, all together. And we'd, I'd say, hey, just, just open up. Ask God to show you something and open up. And then read it, and if it's like it makes sense to you, then share it with the group. And we just went around and popcorn around the room. And it's amazing how Scripture was being pulled from all over the Bible, but yet some of the same themes of have endurance, go and be bold and share the gospel. All those things over and over and over again from different parts of the Bible, God was speaking to us, sharing what you're about to go through. 
what you're about to experience. Can I tell you that God is not just intellectual property? Something that you know. Oh, well, I know about God. So now I'm a Christian. No. Can I tell you that God is a person? He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Three beings. And you get to know Him. And when He speaks to you, your faith becomes real. Not just something you've memorized. Come on. In the Marine Corps, I had to memorize a whole bunch of little things so that I could pass tests. That's all I would do. I would sit there and we'd read the same, we'd read the questions and the answers and memorize them so that we could say we learned it. Right? Mental breakup. How many of us are doing that with the Word of God? Oh, I read the Bible in the year so that you can say that you read the Bible in a year. But is, are you, do you know Him? Like that's what He's going to care about. When it all comes down to it, you're either going to say, He's either going to say, depart from me, you doer of iniquity, I never knew you. You could have memorized the Bible. You could have even led other people to Christ and hear those words. Or you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you with me? And this is what's most important to me. As I, as I get the honor and privilege of preaching God's word, it is, it is not my intention to just have a, a bunch of robots memorize this thing. I pray you know His Word. I pray you can pull Scripture. But what I pray even more is that you have a relationship with Him. That you know Him. And that no one can talk you out of your faith. They can, they can bring Scripture all they want, but you know Him. Are you with me? Like, like they can bring a part of a letter that they read about Him at one point, but you know Him. You can't convince me, even using His own Word against Him. I know Him. This is what He did for me. This is what he did for my family. This is the kind of boldness that God is giving us. Amen? A different kind of boldness. A boldness of relationship. Some of you know me pretty well. Some of you are good friends of mine. We've had deep intellectual conversations, deep spiritual conversations. And if somebody were going to come up to you and tell you a lie about me, you would know different, wouldn't you? Because you're like, no, he would not do that. I know him. It's the same thing with God. Oh, God, let this happen. God, let all these bad things happen. If God is real, then he doesn't care. No, listen, let me tell you how much he cares. Let me tell you all these little situations where he got me through. Let me tell you when, when I was sitting on the side of my bed ready to take my life and how he got me through it and reminded me the purpose in my life. Come on, are you with me? Because when you know Him, nobody's going to convince you of anything else. Because you know Him. Amen? I want to pray for you right now. And just have, have a little moment of ministry. Holy Spirit, we thank You. We thank You for revealing Yourself to us. For sharing Yourself with us. God, we thank You for Your written Word where we can learn about you, where we can get to know your character. Father, where we can see who you are, where we can discover you. And God, I thank you even more that you want to be my friend, that you want to know me like a friend. And I, you'll allow me to know you like a friend. 
So much so that no one could convince me that you hate a specific people group. No one can convince me that their sin is beyond reconciliation with you. No one can convince me that they were meant to be garbage. Because God, I know you. And you don't want that to be anybody. You came so that none would perish. That all would have everlasting life. That includes every people group that offends me. That includes everyone who's addicted and broken. That includes everyone who has a poor self-image. That includes all of us who are gluttonous. That includes all of us, God. You came that none should perish and that all would have everlasting life. You came to give us life and life more abundantly. So God, I'm so grateful that I know your character. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.